0: Hello and welcome to The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen, we watch it and then meet to discuss it. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio, my name is Orna McNeilis.
1: My name is Ricardo Deakin.
0: This week's movie is Imitation of Life from 1959, directed by Douglas Sirk. Finally, episode
1: 95? Yeah, I've been saving it for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, produced by Ross Hunter, screenplay by Eleanor Griffin and Alan Scott, based on *Imitation of Life* by Fanny Hurst, starring Lana Turner. <laughs> that is Lana Turner, <laughs> Juliette Moore, uh, John Gavin, Sandra Dee, Susan Conner, and Mahalia Jackson. Music by Frank Skinner, Sammy Fain, and-, and Henry Mancini. Cinematography by Russell Metty, and edited by Milton Carruth. <laughs> wow i like the name milton i kind of yeah. like to name a child milton just to fuck with them uh and the synopsis is laura meredith a white single mother who dreams of being on broadway has a chance encounter with annie johnson a black widow i thought is annie a widow
1: yeah yeah she says that she's a widow i
0: thought laura was a widow they're both widows oh okay
1: i know uh, no, uh Annie, not thought, the uh, the husband, the father of Sarah Jane, leaves I, them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's incorrect.
0: Yeah, I was thinking, but I like how they have to establish that Laura is white and Annie is black. Annie becomes a caretaker of Laura's daughter, Susie, while Laura pursues her stage career. Okay, both women deal with the difficulties of motherhood. Laura's thirst for fame threatens her relationship with Susie, while Annie's light-skinned daughter, Sarah Jane, struggles with her African-American identity. I like how they saved the PC for the very end. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, um, okay, well, that was the synopsis. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this we film was like Ricardo. Ricardo. Yes. Why, why ever would you pick this Douglas Sirk film?
1: Because it is a masterpiece. I absolutely love Douglas Sirk. And this is my favorite film of Douglas Sirk. Fascinating. Uh, this
0: being his last film.
1: Yeah, like, I think that um, he moves back to Germany to teach film. So, like, he has one more credit. Wow. As, like, imagine getting Douglas Sirk as your, <sighs> oh, your teacher. Oh, oh. Just, In the 60s. Yeah.
0: Fucking oh, hell. Would no you... wonder German cinema blossomed.
1: And uh, with this as well, like, uh. Obviously, Cirque uh, has influenced in a lot of filmmakers that I like and dislike, like Almodovar. But like, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: the alarm bells—not the alarm bells, but the bells were yeah. ringing about five minutes into this.
1: Uh, Fassbender as well, like mm. uh, who I I didn't get originally until I got into Douglas Cirque. and then I saw what he was doing with the form of melodrama. Um, I love his work because it's it's so, it's always so vibrant, uh, mm. both in color but also. It's uh, his films have a real life to them, uh, and I think that this is the pinnacle of his uh, uh, filmography because it, you like he always dealt with complex themes or even uh, for that time uh, uh, very uh, interesting female characters mm. and uh, social constructs like um, all the heaven would allow is about classicism how a rich woman starts dating her gardener and then uh, Mm. all shit breaks loose. Um, When we were talking about Moldova, like I mentioned that I love Cirque because it's small stories told in an epic scale, Mm. both like emotion-wise and filmmaking-wise. And it just makes it like huge. Uh, I think that also the screenplay in this one is uh, particularly poignant and very... uh, it has aged surprisingly well considering that it is a, a film with a black main character set mm. in the 50s um even the the changes that they made to the book uh were already prescient to knowing how the book was racist so uh racist I wouldn't say racist i'd say more problematic the uh, yeah in the in the book she becomes rich Uh, by using Anna's family recipe for pancakes or something. (gasps) Oh, God, that's really Uh, fucked up. And gives her, like, 10% of the profits, even though, like, it's her recipe. So it becomes, like, this power play that no longer is about their friendship and how they get along and Mm. uh, their love. And also, like, uh, Sark once said that he... Got this movie and sneaked in the fact that Annie Johnson, like Juanita jo- uh, Juanita Moore's character, is actually the main character in the movie. Yeah, and it's completely uh, like shown as such with the final scene that it's the uh, the oh, funeral, yeah. which is she epic. has like
0: a ten minute funeral. Yeah, <laughs> like.
1: And it's insanely good. And I think that even like the little issues that were kind of problematic as I was watching the first time, mm. it actually calls attention to it, but not in a lampshading way. It's because it, all of that will be uh, uh, all the, that time that it's been, uh, uh, they. They call attention to it is also to judge you as an audience member that you didn't think of it, and also to judge Laura. For example, when Laura goes, "Oh, I didn't know you had a hundred friends or something," it's like you never bothered oh, her to I ask. Oh, I
0: that you never. No, she just says, "You, you never asked, Miss Laura." Yeah. like she just says it like it's not even you know it's not even like passive aggressive. She just says it plain plainly like it's.
1: And uh, I, I I was watching this. This time, And I was like, okay, I'm going to be judging it more because we're going to be talking about it, whatever. I, I must not cry watching it. I must not Aww, cry watching it. Did you cry? I cried twice <laughs> like a baby. Like, when? Uh, uh, the, the first time, is, it always gets me when uh, she uh, hugs Sarah Jane after they meet uh, in uh, wherever... Then- like in the motel after she goes to visit her just to say, if you need anything, just come back or whatnot. See, for
0: me in that scene, it's more after she goes to leave and she's yeah. like oh i just used to look after her, and then she just leaves yeah that's the moment the, oh, like
1: okay. it, it goes building up to that moment mm-hmm. and then like uh and then it kills me also like the the way the only douglas sir can that it's like stabs you right in the heart that it's like oh you had a mommy yeah kind of, and it just in one scene uh encompasses the 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 entirety of um of the themes of the movie that are like the complications of motherhood and etc. And also uh, race relations. Uh, I thought that the the first time that I watched it, I thought that like the Sarah Jane character was more problematic than I think now. Partly because uh, originally I thought like this should be Sarah Jane's story. Like if this movie was made nowadays, it'd be... From the point of view of Sarah Jane. Mm. Similarly to like Human Stain. It's like Philip Roth's novel. It's very similar in concept. Let's say that it is like. whitish, oh, yeah. Like a. A, uh, like a, 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 a fair skinned. Uh, person of uh, black descent. That uh, goes into. Like pretends to be white. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that. In the context of when the movie was made. Is that it's like that subversion the Circ was so good at. That he was Mm. able to bring in the people without them knowing that he's like telling them stop being like actual social filmmaking. That sometimes to do it. Because if he did it the point of view as Sarah Jane. Mm. The film wouldn't have the audience that it had. It wouldn't have had the like it would be a polemic film. Well in this way it is a Lara Turner movie. Mm. You know even though it's not. She's kind of like... She's there to serve Annie's story, really. Yeah. And, uh, and Annie's story is the most interesting uh, part of the film. Um I also fucking love Robert Alda in this movie. He's like the, the agent. Like, so see, oh. like, it's, with the Me Too mo- like, that <laughs> line, like, he's like, don't worry, it's tax-deductible. Yeah, tax deductible. We, yeah
0: we'll, we'll get to that. Like, that, that's a particularly interesting scene and how that character is handled and everything is particularly interesting.
1: Yeah, like, and I think that it's uh, uh, very well handled in a way that actually never really uh, gets to be on his side, let's say. Well, it's but, more
0: that... the movie condemns his behavior yeah not like through her yeah you know what I mean so she's given agency and all agency (laughs) but like and the movie is like despite the fact that this is the 50s yeah when was this made this is 59 59 yeah that, it's insanely
1: it like uh, modern. Yeah. And I was
0: watching it, and I was like, Argh. and even the but way he's, that he's it... punished for his behavior yeah. by her. And,
1: you know, it's it's and also how it deals with the uh, with the uh, Stephen Archer character. Like Stephen Archer, like like both the name, the character, and the face looks like somebody came out, out of a fucking poster. <laughs> but like there's the like 50. there's a
0: fake out as well of whenever like um, she he kicks everybody out of the apartment after the really big play and I was just like oh no oh no but that was
1: the, the play writer yeah
0: oh, sorry I thought that's who you are talking about
1: no Stephen Archer is the the photographer oh, the, oh they're, Steve they're sorry over. Yeah, Steve. Steve yeah yeah
0: Steve <laughs> Steve is you um,
1: I love it like the oh, acting Steve <laughs> I love the acting it's like pure melodramatic acting <laughs> but it's like it's what I love about Cirque and melodrama when done right like James Dean and Giant is a great example of that that wearing that much emotion in your hands, kind of thing, yeah. it, it like right in the surface, it gives so much power and it's very difficult to do without seeming hammy because they still feel like real people. Mm. But that's why Cirque was a genius, that not many people were able to do melodrama. And stay, like Todd Haynes would be probably the modern yeah. one that, but holy but obviously Jesus. He's so, so much inspired, Todd yeah. Haynes. <laughs> But, like, even Carol, like, uh, the colors of Carol are very similar to the yeah. the way the circus to shoot. Uh, also, just on a note, that it's, like, one of those movies that uh, <laughs> have um, a lot of uh, people that ended up either, like, being parents of people or marrying people. Like, the, uh, Sandra Dee, that plays uh, Susie, mm-hmm. like, the older version, she married Bobby Darren. <laughs> Uh, like Beyond the Sea. Oh. Somewhere beyond the sea. But more hilariously, uh, Susan Connor, that is, is the 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 uh, actress that plays the older version of Sarah Jane. Yeah. She's the mother of the director of New Moon, the Twilight movie.
0: Oh my God. We watched that Chris yesterday. Yeah. We watched that yesterday because we yeah, were like on the you Twilight were... Marathon. Ah, oh my yeah, God. That's she's so weird.
1: Uh, Chris White's ah, mother. Uh, Jesus Christ. Robert Elda is Alan Elda's dad. Is he? Yeah.
0: Oh my God, he is. Oh my God, he's ahead of him. That's so funny. Oh my God, that's so weird. Okay, any more, any more? Uh, not
1: that I... Not that I remember at the moment, yeah. but like... Uh,
0: Didn't Lana Turner have a really tragic life?
1: Yeah, yeah, like uh, Juanita Moore as well, and, um, uh, well. Lana
0: Turner's actual boyfriend was Johnny Stampinato, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, like... uh the i think so
0: yeah like he's a real person
1: yeah and like the 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 person sandra d has had a very sad life as well that she uh at the marine uh, because they the studio like universal had her under contract Mm. and uh they would only let her play ingenues like and so much so that she liked to drink and smoke and there would be a person following her around in case somebody was going to take a picture of her. They'd get the drink or take the cigarette off her hand. Yeah, and
0: anyone seen Hail Caesar?
1: And then uh, uh, her marriage to Bobby Darren ended in like divorce, but it was terrible. And uh, she couldn't get a job afterwards because like not an ingenue kind of character yeah and she ended up like having a load of health issues because she was like drinking a lot and then she had to quit drinking like in 2000 because of kidney infections and stuff and Ooh. died like of kidney failure or something Jesus. so so it's really sad kind of story um but yeah i absolutely love this movie i i the second part that I cried is when like she's dying, like uh, yeah. and I love the characters. And doing her they, will, yeah, like they they have like even the the bit that is. Um, that it's played almost for laughter that is like oh the funeral or something but it's so classy in the end kind of thing you know but yeah it...
0: like i mean the bit that got me was whenever the milkman is at the funeral yeah and i was like oh the milkman's
1: there that she was sending him money yeah. every time because like 50 dollars because of the way that he was forgiving about their bill yeah originally. back in the day i think that the uh the the movie uh, deals with so many different themes and passage of time and everything so well, mm. and um, even like threads that weave throughout the movie that just meet at the end of the funeral scene that is incredibly well shot as well and so oh, it's sad. it's mental! It's
0: like Kennedy's funeral. Like
1: it's uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like I'd be my top ten. Um, there's very few films that I, I sit and it's like, every time that I watch it, it's like meeting an old friend again. You know that <laughs> I, I, I get this, like with most like but particularly with this, I get this feeling of this film is alive. Mm. It has like, I said about being vibrant, but it also like, it jumps off the screen and wants to be interacted with emotionally. And I think that, Especially in times when I wasn't particularly happier, so it's great. Um, it's a great um, uh, outlet for emotion. Mm. To to get out of a crying, to, yeah. To also to have it all pent up because there's it's so weaving like through humor as well. I think it's an incredibly incredibly funny film as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like uh, without further ado, uh, what did you think of *Imitation of Life*? Hated it. Oh, my God, no.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Jesus Christ. Uh, sorry, I have to look at my phone because my phone is my notes. Uh Yeah, this is like, this is another case. And I haven't had this in a while. But when you watch a classic movie and you feel like you've already seen it in a weird way because... The influence is so prominent in, like, various filmmakers. And, like, yeah, I mean, Alma over And especially because we just watched Julieta yeah. as well. So it was, like, really prominent in the back of my head. But um, yeah, also Todd Haynes. And I mean, like see, I've never seen Far Far From Heaven, uh, but I wasn't a massive fan of Carol. I loved Um, Carol.
1: Like, uh, Far From Heaven is great as well. I did
0: watch Carol on a date, though, and I feel like maybe that tainted it. That is not the
1: date movie. No,
0: but like, he was very into films as well, so it kind of felt, you know, somehow, you know. But anyways. um, Yeah, it's funny, like, after all the time that Richard Fitzsimmons or Old Film lectures spent rattling on about Douglas Cirk, never really... It was always just, he's so fab, or he's so great, or whatever. It was never really... I don't feel like Richard ever really kind of, like, made you want to go watch certain yeah. films. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, a lot of the films that we watched with him, I remember, and I have no memory of watching whatever Cirque we watched. Yeah, all that
1: haven't allowed. Yeah,
0: so I think after all that, it's kind of nice to really understand why you would be obsessed with Cirque, you know? Uh, because it is fab. <laughs> yeah, like... Like, this is, it was also a case of, like, you know, we've kind of covered a little bit of, like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that this is made in 1959. Because it's just, like, I mean, not necessarily, because I think, like, not technically, say, because it is very 50s, it's quite studio, there's a lot of sets and everything, and they're very obviously sets and stuff, which I don't think is a problem, because it's 1959. But, um, but, like, thematically, because it's just, like, you know, there are two particular topics that you've kind of covered out as well that, I you know, that... You know, one being that's very prominent across his work, as far as I'm aware, is, um, you know, like uh, women and female relationships in particular. And then also um question of race. And I don't know if race and racial relations is something that he's dealt with before.
1: And not to this level, but he always said that he wanted to do something like that mm. uh, because he is a German Jew that fled to America because of the Nazis. Mm. So he saw a pre-civil rights era, like the injustices of Not the, the is African-Americans having to have this segregated existence and then America pretending to be like the beacon of liberty mm-hmm. after the war, etc. Yeah. So, uh, like, but similarly to All the Heavens Were allow like like he, he was trying to tackle things, but without let's say studios getting too pissy about it. I think that this movie couldn't have been made before 1959. Yeah. Uh, without like, because the, the version that was made in 1937 or something keeps that power dynamic. That is like only a white person can be a business owner, mm. even if it's the great mommy recipe, etc. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so like, I don't think that before 59, the, uh, this version of the movie could have been made. So I think that perhaps he was just holding off to deal with that topic. And Mm. I think it's particularly uh, important that this is his last movie, that it's like everything that he wanted to be said was said because he retired out of his own volition. Mm. Uh, Not the height of his powers, I think, because this is my favorite of his films. But... um, but yeah, like, I think it's because it was like right at the beginning of the civil rights movement mm. started to go that I think that he was able to convince the studio that people would still go and watch a movie that it had become yeah. Tainted,
0: let's say, by like violence or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, But it's the fact that it's set as well, kind of in with this backdrop of like you know, like general like seediness, not just of like Hollywood, but like American society, like in general. And like it's it was kind of fascinating how like this sort of the statement like, you know, follow your dreams starts to become really insidious somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um but yeah, like first of all, um, like the the female characters. And like what's incredible about this is that he doesn't just have one or two fleshed out characters. He has at least four. You know, like you know, really like like solid characters who clearly have inner lives and have very well defined struggles as well like across like different relationships with different people and that's one of the other things I really liked about this is um, his relationships not just with uh, between the female characters but all the relationships in general because like Between, like, you know, obviously, like, the mother-daughter relationships, but then the two mother relationships, and then the mother with the other kids, the mother with the other kids, but then also all the relationships with the man. Steve's relationship with everyone. Like, there's so many. And you understand why this film has to be two hours, because to maintain all those connections and how some of them start and aren't picked up until much later. Yeah. And some of them, you know, they're relationships that you believe in even though you didn't see them that much, say. So like, say whenever Steve comes back with that poor woman who gets cast aside um, and Annie's like, oh my God, Steve. And it's like, you forget how long Steve was there, Mr. Steve, and how much time she spent with Steve, and how yeah. important Steve was to her because he was so good with the kids as well. It's like just in that moment, that relationship is given more, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, <coughs> Steve's relationship with the two kids, then also Laura's relationship with the theater guy, and like, then his relationship with the kids as well. And then, you know, it's, it's all these things are being maintained. Like, um, as I was starting to say earlier, um like uh with like your man the um the agent and like how how brilliantly handled that entire thing is but then also whenever um she starts working with your man and uh like that the whole arc of that relationship within the whole story is so interesting and it feels like such a small part of the movie because it's just like oh it's her career but it's not really not real it's not really that's interesting about it it's the fact that like within that scene and he kicks everyone out of the flat and i was just like oh no you know but it's the fact that like he he doesn't push himself on her he's just like you're so fab i only ever want to work with you and she turns around and she like instigates the you know yeah but then later on it's her realization that she doesn't love him and that, like, you know, he's done all this for her career and everything, and she has this great house and stuff, but she doesn't love him. And, like, even his relationship with Annie is great as yeah. well. And like, he's just like, oh, Annie, you're far too pretty to be, you know, it's, it's...
1: And he's like, you better bring her home. Like, yeah. she yeah, shouldn't be going it's like, anywhere.
0: It's, you know, and they've skipped, like, what, how many years there? Like, a decade yeah, or something? Yeah. and. Within that one scene, you completely buy that all that time has passed, like much more than the montage, which obviously, like a montage of like it, you know, the years ticking up yeah. over like you know, th- Broadway theaters <laughs> obviously it was fantastic.
1: All um, you needed is like the spinning yeah, headline, yeah yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's all I was waiting for, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very uh, it happened one night, but um... local man
1: shouts <laughs> at cloud
0: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like and and then the fact that whenever he comes over with the play and she's just like i don't want to do this play anymore and it's him sort of realizing that the relationship is over and that he lets her go and that it's like her decision for herself and her family yeah and his acceptance of it you know what i mean and both both characters feel and it's like when he goes off i believe that he went off and continued making his plays you know what i mean so like and it's
1: I love the, the subtle digs to Fellini as well, like oh, the yeah. Italian.
0: <laughs> he wants me to start right away. Um, yeah, like it's, oh, it's just every, and it's like there are, I mean, like it comes down to the female characters, like, it was interesting what we were saying about like um, Sarah Jane and like she is, the only moment that kind of annoyed me about Sarah Jane was, I mean, for one thing, she gets one of the best moments in the film when she was like, I've been out. With my
1: boyfriend.
0: <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. Also, teenage girl bedroom fucking, oh my God. Like the one of the best things about her bedroom is that she has a piggy bank sitting above her bed that says, for my mink on it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yes. I love the clothes and everything. And like, you know, it's so 50. Lara Turner. <laughs> uh, Lana La- Turner. Lana
1: Turner's uh, outfit in this movie. Uh, one of the reasons that the Nicholas uh, um wanted to make her a Broadway star as well is that she, he'd be able to put her in a lot of like expensive clothes and stuff <laughs> because he just loved how La <laughs> Turner looked well yeah so they spent something like a million dollars of 1959 money just on a- her wardrobe just well, her wardrobe I
0: understand now why she has so many clothes changes yeah. but I just love how many like scenes there are of them like oh we'll have cocktails and I'm just like oh my god I want to have cocktails and like in my like one of those like 50s living rooms as well like the American dream you know moving out to the suburbs and all oh yes but like totally because it's 1959 yeah. it's real but oh um, yeah oh it's just the dresses she wears which she, oh everything about it i'm just like they're so uncomfortable i know yeah. they're uncomfortable but i don't care um but yeah no like i've been out with my boyfriend um the one who kind of annoyed me was freaking what Susie. Susie, insufferable Susie. she gets better Definitely, because then, like, their whole thing of how she falls in love with Steve, and then, like, her kind of like stop acting mother, um,
1: don't be a martyr, yeah,
0: like, it's you know, it's great, like, she is really good. I love her scenes with Steve as well, although, fuck off, Steve, but uh, that's another thing as well, is that, like, that scene that that Laura has with Steve on the stairs is just so fucking great, because, like, you're, the whole, because the way he's introduced, you're like, oh, he's the savior, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna save her, he's gonna help her career. And it's like, no, he's a dickhead. Because it's like, but at the same time, he's not a complete dickhead, because in a way, he's right like later on that you know she's ended up neglecting everyone it's, by going you know what I mean it's like it's it's both things at the same time Is and that also
1: like, he's being presented as a product of his time it's yeah. not that he's backwards it's that she's forward oh
0: yeah 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 and that, that's very much she feels radical um, which was, you know, but obviously still feels fucking radical now. And I,
1: I, I loved as well, like uh, just on a uh, quick note on that, is that for like on the presentation of Steve and every other, like, there's so many moments in this movie. Uh, the first time that I watched it, I thought, because I didn't know much about it. Like I knew that the uh, Juanita Moore won the Oscar for it. So I was like, Touchy. yeah, yeah. Aww. So I was like, okay. Are like, you any other Oscars? Uh, San... Uh, uh, the person that plays old Mary Jane, uh, Sarah Jane, um, Susan Connor, she won the Golden Globe and got nominated for an Oscar yeah. as well. But um, So, like, I think she, Juanita Moore was the first black actress to, to win an Oscar. In like, uh, 1960, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So, um, her performance is impeccable. I think oh, it's like... Oh, she's so...
0: so but that, that's, sorry. Just...
1: Sorry, just to go back to what I was trying to say, is that... Uh, <laughs> Did the movie even in the beginning when uh, when uh, uh, Laura realizes that Sarah Jane is uh, black technically, yeah. even though she's not? Yeah. That. I thought that straight away in the movie it was like, oh, there's going to be like a fallout. And then she's going to learn to like mm. Annie, And it's like, no, n- no point. Like this movie keeps doing that. Right? It makes you think that it's going to be a 50s movie. That, and then it, it, it turns like in the way it's modern.
0: Why the it's presentation of like that was like my next thing. Like why it's presentation of um, of uh, race is so interesting which I'm going to get to in a second Um,
1: so what was the moment that you said that Sarah Jane annoyed you
0: oh just whenever she like jumps on the coffin I felt like that was just a little bit too much I felt like just that one set that one part of the funeral and the funeral was also just like a tiny bit too long I liked it but it was just like okay. Oh okay. Oh, okay. You know, it was like all right. So well, like
1: I think you know. that uh, uh now it's not as important as it was then. I think it was just a button well, of yeah, say like this yeah. was the main character. Yeah. You've been duped.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, 100%. The fact that that's how it ends is like bah. But um, yeah, oh, god, the singing in the chapel and everything that was fucking brilliant. But um uh, yeah just one more thing on, on Laura is that there was something very like 40s cinema about her where yeah. you know like those like that little tiny little section of cinema where like women were allowed to like be you know strong and you like know Catherine I mean? Hepburn talks. yeah exactly yeah and like you know obviously this is a very different time and you know like huh, many 1950s movies that had characters like this but um it's the fact that it's the mix of like she's both feminine and strong and yeah. like you know she's perfectly turned out, but she has as many quips and brilliant lines as any of the male, the male characters do, and it's like it's it's been able to you know and there's never any kind of like you know she's that even though she's you know it's it's always fleshed out and and like she just feels like very complete. But well, you were
1: saying about like uh, the the relationships also like intersecting yeah. and how it's. Uh, Everybody has a relationship with each other that it's different, and part of like there's different dynamics going on. And when they're but then all together change over time. The when the, I love that scene when Sarah Jane is complaining about being treated differently, and Laura goes, Were you ever treated differently in this yeah, house? She
0: really shuts her down there, and then yeah. it's
1: like, and you know, that it's not like she knows that Sarah Jane faces stuff outside that she'll never but understand, that's but, not that. that's but not inside the, point. the house. Yeah. Like, she can't complain to her or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: I brought you in and you were always treated the same.
1: And you're not, like, the help's daughter. It's like, Annie's profession is a housemate. So it's kind of like, she gives her the job out of, like, so she can have dignity rather than... uh, Yeah. Like, because she could have borrowed the help and whatever. and was going to do that anyway. So it's
0: like, yeah. But yeah, that's the interesting thing about, like, Annie's character as well is that, like, she just likes doing that you know yeah. what I mean like that's her passion it's
1: her profession yeah
0: like that's what she does and that's what she enjoys and like it's the fact that she's able to like mix that with then her family and everything yeah. it's just like in a way like Annie has the best life <laughs> because like you, know, like you know well obviously Annie has a very you know gear to that but like it's just so interesting how the same, yes, you know, the same thing. If I were you, are just like oh, you know, like oh, that you know, that you you think it's gonna be one thing, and then in the end, you're as they, as by the time they get to like the fancy house, you suddenly you realize how they've been developing Annie's character yeah. that she's not just you're like oh yeah, that's my maid or whatever, but um,
1: and I love that moment as well. The uh, just uh, mentioning when the. Laura and Annie are discussing Susie. That they're like Susie had they they've fallen out of <coughs> before she finds out that Steve that Susie's in love with Steve, and uh, Aww, Laura. I like Steve. You don't is, love Steve. The Laura uh, says something about like, "Oh, uh, you were a wonderful mother" or something, and uh, Annie says, oh, but look what happened to me," and then Laura says, "No, that's a real like." problem Mm -hmm. like that's a real issue that exists there shouldn't be any there's nothing like that between me and Susie so why is there like and I I think it's so great because it's a line that is not needed Mm. it's not plot related or something but it shows that Laura has true empathy and sympathy for Annie in a way that is like you have all the problems like you know I know that your life is more difficult than mine yeah. even though like at this moment it feels like my life is falling apart yeah but it's not a big problem yeah you, you i know understand what
0: I mean? that you know in the context of
1: <clears throat> the world and even seeing you is that i'm complaining about this but i know that yeah you had it you've had it more difficult than i've had
0: but it's just one line
1: yeah yeah and it oh. says so much there's so many little lines like that throughout the movie sorry you were saying something um
0: yeah no just uh, i think it's interesting as well it's like it's how nuanced his portrayal of like the black characters are and it's a like fact that like ultimately they like annie definitely is the most prominent character yeah but it's like their everything about their struggles is like very much weaved into the story and as important as any other storyline and like it's even the idea of like um you know the wise saintly black character and how he kind of turns that on its head as well it's it's just it's so interesting and like i love as well that like you know obviously there there's portrayals of very like overt racism and like the guy who like you know kicks the shit out of freaking sarah jane and stuff which is like whoa i was like jesus but i was like didn't think i you know kind of thought something was gonna happen but i didn't think it was gonna be that fucking brutal but at the same time you know 1950s um But like, and that's obviously the only use of the N-word, I think,
1: in the entire movie,
0: I think. And it's like, really, you're like, you know, whenever it's said. Because all the rest of it is like, so much of it has been just like like the subtlety of like racism by very well meaning characters yeah. like, even like the teacher who's just like oh, you know oh I didn't know but she can't help but be shocked yeah. that that's her daughter you know like and it's these little things that like Annie Annie's oh, just like I love that like, uh,
1: the, the, after <coughs> when uh, Sarah Jane runs into the rain in New York Ugh. it's so well shot like, oh and uh, they run
0: into the Christmas trees yeah. yeah oh it's so great Um, but yeah and like the fact that um, like Annie handles that just like you know okay, you know I just need to get these to my daughter kind of thing because she you know what I mean like her her race is there she you know like she's had to deal with this her <clears throat> entire life whereas like, sarah jane is dealing with a completely different problem and as a child has no idea of how to like deal with this at all other than to just hide it so the fact that like in that scenario just the little thing of the teacher's shock and everyone else's shock is like so crushing to her and it's the two contrast of how why mother and daughter end up so estranged yeah like oh it's so. and i
1: think that it, it, it threads a fine line between uh feeling kind of annoyed at sarah jane because you don't want to see annie hurt but at the same time understanding why she uh, finds it so difficult to embrace her uh her like um her identity uh, in a way or like embrace annie because also she lives she
0: only the only way that society will that she's ever, she like will ever su- succeed in society say is to hide it. So
1: I, I think the it's also part of the performance that makes it great. And I think it's no coincidence that Sarah Jane is played by a Mex- half Mexican, half Jewish actress. So she? like, I think that she would, she brought a lot yeah. of that in because she's like between in 1959. Two, like, that's,
0: yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't know that, but yeah, like it, And like, you are a little bit like, oh gosh, she's such a dickhead, stop being so mean to to Annie, but this, and like, you know although whenever she was being mean to Susie I was like shut up Susie but uh oh, Susie, suck! I mean it's just the but fact I, that she's I love just like I love everything about my life oh my god could this day get any better and you're just like shut up but Susie it,
1: I love because she <laughs> feels she is sometimes annoying but she feels not annoying in the sense of like I don't believe in this character no, it's just no, annoying no, no, it's really. that like no, I, no. It's I, that I, I, I know that person yeah. Yeah. you're too happy fuck off yeah exactly
0: you don't want to be around that person but you believe that they're real yeah first time that I was um, watching
1: uh, watching and it's like go on fall in love with Steve just have your heart broken uh, yeah, come I'm on like, yeah. and all, in, the, in the
0: fucking end it all works out I'm like fucking but um yeah like and that's the other thing is that like the film kind of manages to handle it's you know like things sort of blessed things happening to its characters very well because in the end they're not really blessed you know of how like oh her career happens through like complete you know that
1: they're all poison chalices yeah
0: exactly and it's like it's it's just it's fun to kind of watch them happen and then watch them fall you know not fall apart but the like the realization of the characters that this you know they got what they wanted and it wasn't what they needed.
1: I also think that like uh, the the movie uh, good uh, callback to screenwriting class. I uh, yep. That I think that this movie also makes a a, a good point also when it comes to feminism and careerism mm. that. Because especially at the time,
0: (laughs) you can't win in that. It's kind of because
1: also because you uh, women have to work, especially at that time, but still work so hard to get ahead in their careers Mm. because of the good old patriarchal society that a multi-layered problem it means that like you have to sacrifice one or the other it's uh, one of those things that is like the when you're like a student that is like you can have two out of three it's like social life studying and money or sleep or or whatever you can it's like two out of the three or whatever but also
0: apply that to your 20s but with money
1: (laughs) but it's similarly like uh, for uh uh a lot of women that you have to make that sacrifice because you have to work harder. Like you have to stay later to uh, work. Like it's getting a little bit better, generation by generation. It but it's longer, still so
0: you'll be older yeah. to get to the same point of men that are five years younger. And You know, yeah. like it's just a, it's a, vicious, a vicious, thing around the time around the time that you should be having your yeah. kids. And yeah,
1: and it's not something that like even men of that time they were able to balance it way better as well because.
0: They uh, didn't do any check. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, the work or. Yeah.
1: Like, uh, but let's say, like in the case of Laura, she well, doesn't yeah. need to because she doesn't do the, the chores or whatever. But like, uh, um, I think that like it makes a good point on that movie. Uh, also, at the end, it's saying that, yeah, you don't get perfection, but you can make it work if you try. That she didn't have to give up either one. Mm. It would have been that at the end, it's just work more sparingly work whenever like mm. and she can't because she's addicted to like she she's afraid stage, that she
0: the applause also think that she's afraid
1: of like losing Uh, that once she steps out she yeah, loses well, the she power has, that she worked so she hard to gain. that
0: at. yeah the fact that she is an older actress the fact that it's theater the, you know it, yeah. it, everything is working against her career there it is definitely a career where you leave for six months it's over
1: even how she gets the job is like yeah so like well
0: i love that because i was like oh that sneaky bitch yeah <laughs> <was> so good
1: <laughs> like yeah uh, and i i love also like the line by steven that is like how do you know that not everyone that this guy's not another loomis yeah like that everyone can be that and she's like yeah but if i think that then they'll never you're be a loomis steve <laughs> I love Robert Alden in this movie. Like he's so city, and uh, <laughs> just like Douglas Sir could have been able to. That like, it, it's that kind of character <laughs> that you chicken. hate, but at the same time it's so you'd want to, to hang out for like a night, one night, oh, yeah. just follow him around into yeah, yeah, yeah. this kind of. I want
0: the Don Draper's around Roger Sterling night.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it's so much of Mad Men in this as well. Even the way that like the sets look compared oh, to like yeah. the sets of Mad Men. Yeah, yeah. and I think that Susie like. Looks like a young Betty Draper as well.
0: Kind of the earnestness, yeah. Yeah,
1: even the hair and yeah, everything, like
0: yeah. uh... Oh, Cirque is definitely in the background of Mad Men, but that's what made Mad Men so good. Was yeah. that he knew his influences. It wasn't just like sixties aesthetic. It was like the how those movies were made and exactly what they felt like. Yeah. Yeah, like oh god, I love Mad Men. Um, there's a reason why Mad Men gets referenced so much on the show. <laughs> Oh,
1: good okay. I I'd recommend, like, obviously, watch a lot of other uh, circa love work with Rock Hudson as well. Because, like, if there's one man that knows how to do melodrama, <laughs> it's Rock what? Hudson.
0: We definitely haven't covered that. Uh,
1: and uh, I, I struggle to believe how this movie was made in 1959. Like, sometimes it, it feels like some weird time traveling because it's it's such a such subtlety to everything
0: Politics, like racial relations like it's yeah and and just it's feminism like it's it's covering so many aspects of American life at that time but dealing with them like a film looking back on that time not a film that is living in the time
1: and then completely eviscerate uh, American society and the idea of the American dream so
0: different ways like through through so many different characters as well like even steve and the fact like his thing of he ends up on Madison avenue you know what i mean like it's just oh yeah and like i just love as well that he's like yeah i'm gonna quit and like go travel the world but then doesn't i
1: love uh steven's jackets yeah i do
0: yeah i do love I i do like steve even though i i was a little bit like whenever it's like oh yeah what's their names in love with them it's like well i mean he did like exclusively hang out with her and it's a, I feel like he doesn't like i don't know, it's just a bit clueless i was like come on now steve
1: like the 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 moment when like he takes her to dinner is so funny that he's like i'll have a whiskey and a <laughs> coke you don't want to lose that license of yours he just got her to be like the the driver for the night so he can yeah, drink it's so beautiful and um the idea of dreams and such as well that it's like the, the chasing them like even though it's perhaps a poison chalice, you still get a s you get a yeah, it's but never gonna be perfect, but you yeah. have to do it. Like yeah. what else are you gonna do if you don't follow your dreams, Yeah,
0: you know? but it's the way she phrases it as well, that she's under no illusion. She's kinda like you know, I, yeah, like she just has to do it. It's like, you know, oh, I may be crazy, but, you know, but at the same time, like, she's not going to degrade herself. Yeah. She's not going to, she's going to do it. You know, she says that. It's like, oh, no, no I'm going to do this my way. And it's like, yeah,
1: you go, girl. And then uh, Annie's uh, uh, also dream of sending Sarah Jane to college. Yeah. And so sad when she's like, oh, well, but how are you going to get into college if they find out that you're in these burlesque shows or whatnot? And she goes. I don't want to study whatever she she says teaching. I think yeah. it was, yeah. I don't want to school uh, study teaching. It's like we can discuss what you want to study, but like don't walk away, etc. Like
0: um, yeah. But it's that final that final scene where like all she wants is to just I just want to hug you one last time, and like you know she's completely resigned at that point, which I think in a way kind of is the perfect encapsulation of like sarah jane's character yeah. as well like within that scene and i think that because up until that point i was a little bit like oh god sarah jane come on now even though understanding it i was still i was still just like oh you're such an asshole it's just that like she was so sneaky like whenever they go off at their picnic and she's just like i'm going to see my boyfriend you know <laughs> i'm going to see my racist boyfriend um and yeah i love actually whenever she's like describing their relationship and how like it's so so faithless, like the yeah. fact that she knows that someday he's gonna find out, but that she's gonna keep doing it because it makes her feel like somebody. And, and it, yeah, like the idea of like the attachment of status to whiteness, and it's just oh, it's so interesting.
1: And then you also have the like that scene, in the and the nightclub when she goes in, the, she goes, "What are you talking about? I'm her mother." Yeah, and the owner of the the establishment doesn't even. Like freak out. It's just a, a, a point. He's like...
0: You're just what? bothering my stuff.
1: <laughs> no, it's more the uh, Annie uh, is waiting for Sarah Jane to come out of the dressing room that she storms off. Mm. And the owner goes, don't worry about it. She's finished anyways here. Yeah. And it's so like... It's not up to me. It's just the way that it is. And I think that that makes a comment as well in Racism American that time. That even if you weren't racist yeah like it's so like if you had a business let's say like that it's like there's something
0: a certain percentage of your clientele won't come yeah yeah
1: and i i find it like incredibly (laughs) sad also when uh and he goes to to see Sarah Jane performed in the cabaret show, and the the security guard goes to like move her out and there's something so off herself. yeah
0: yeah oh that's so funny that like that's such a short scene and like the Archer environment is fucking unreal it was funny though because it was like the Moulin Rouge the very chaste Moulin Rouge but um yeah like it's just the whole thing where they're like they're like on shoes. And, yeah. You know, and they have like big gob. You know, oh, it's so it's like a you literally you get to see the whole performance <laughs> while all the other things are going on and like all the people are like whoa, um, which then just made me think of Moulin Rouge and how terrible that movie was, but um.
1: I love Moulin Rouge.
0: Great soundtrack though, yeah. But you love fucking musicals, so you and is singing, uh, <laughs> he has a huge talent. Yes. <laughs> And I can la see la all of la it. <laughs> 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 oh, anyways. Yeah, that, that scene is, is so great. And like, oh, God, Annie's
1: face. Uh... And uh, I love when they, when uh, Steve, like Steve. In the most 50s line in the movie is like, oh, put a detective on it. <laughs> I love that. that it's like the, In oh the 50s, God. everybody had a private detective. Yeah, that you on could call. Just it.
0: Well, what's it like? You just take something in your pocket and you flip through your little book and you go, oh, yes, here he is. Like, hey, or do you want that my East Coast one or my West Coast one? Like,
1: <laughs> and also how it's he just it just does like oh the fades i love the oh, fades
0: so many fades yes
1: when uh, that it just fades from him hanging up the phone to him like just sitting there presenting the facts like if he like oh
0: yeah because he, he had his glasses on I yeah think, and i was just like oh this must be the oh no it's just him
1: and also it's like so little information it's like <laughs> yeah. why don't you remember it's like she's in la working the moulin rouge he's like where is she puts his glasses on <laughs> she's on <in> the leg <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like somebody rang you what where? are you yeah <laughs> where's she staying puts his glasses on <laughs> in a <Mercado>. motel nearby <coughs>
0: Ricardo literally took on and off his glasses about yes. six times there
1: uh, my favourite like Aki Kurosaki, loves Douglas Sirk and
0: mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> shocking yeah
1: but like uh, I love how like the bastardization of Sirk through Kurosaki, and I think they, I appreciated pan melodrama yeah <laughs> that I loved it. like I, I think I loved Maki more afterwards after watching Cirque yeah. because even like the use of colors and everything is like it's taking Cirque and just using the same plot structures and just like that <laughs> you know like it's a pun that is dead <laughs> how about you any final thoughts comments
0: uh- uh, no, I'm just looking at my notes that I have. Steve, you need to chill out. <laughs> um,
1: Every time the character is called Steve, I just think of uh, Claudia with a chance to meet. One. Steve! <laughs> yeah, because
0: they're like, oh no, oh no, Steve! <laughs> Yellow! Oh,
1: oh my god, there's a leak in the boat.
0: Ah! Oh, those movies so much. Oh my god! <laughs> the
1: strawberry is the cutest thing ever. Like
0: kale, <laughs> and all the best scenes. And then this. <laughs> this is such a tangent, but like, uh, I think he's in a, underneath the pier, and like the weather guard what's her name, is over, and she sits down and just kind of like flops her legs, and they just land in his eyes, and he's just like,
1: ah. Uh, oh, Jesus! I love that monkey.
0: Uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, what was your favorite thing? I,
1: like, uh, be a toss up between like the cirkiness of it all, <laughs> uh, like because it, it is everything, like, he's one of those like filmmakers, few filmmakers that I like, do believe as an auteur mm-hmm. because it is <clears throat> so precise in a stamp way is that stamp over every frame, yeah, but. Uh, I think that uh, the MVP of the film is Juanita Moore and I think that is mm. one of the best if not the best performance of the 50s I, I just love her character and her I'm performance I'm so glad she got the Oscar and uh, every time that I watch it I'm like floored by it like how much she does with so li- like so little sometimes like mm. just little looks and the, her voice inflections is just perfect <sighs> yeah it's like, just fab uh, what about you?
0: I think I'm going to say relationships. Yeah. Because it's just so... It's the little, little points of them that are carried forward and, like, not always, like, often visually rather than, you know, like, he does so much showing rather than yeah. telling. It's, it's, uh oh, it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and it's just, oh, I love just, ugh, yeah,
1: but there's very few films when you think about it that has like that much uh, intertwined relationships because mm. usually like you, you have like that
0: don't feel convoluted yeah you know what I mean like whenever Susie starts to hang out with Steve it doesn't feel like because it starts off and it's like you know that that's gonna be picked up later but you're not really worried about it you yeah. know because you know it's gonna you know what I mean you, and know you also the, know
1: that Steve will never like he's not gonna make no, a pass. it doesn't feel creepy yeah, yeah he's just clueless yeah. like
0: men are sometimes yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, just, oh, it's so well handled, like, uh, it's so, just, so, like, all of it is so well handled, and you're just watching it, and you're like... They don't make them yeah. like this anymore, except for Todd Haynes.
1: <laughs> the obviously, like if the movie was made nowadays, the the like people would be going like, oh, what, what, the black character should have more prominence. This is their story. No, really. whenever the Help but, came out, yeah, this
0: because that's I saw that because um, I like looked it up earlier and they like a whole thing like top five things you didn't know about Imitation of Life, um, because around the time that the Help came out and it kind of got rediscovered, which was kind of nice. Yeah, but um,
1: but oh, this is far better than the Help. Uh, and way more. Yes. Uh, surprisingly more uh, like interesting in the way that it deals with it yes
0: because yeah. like what what's the first thing that comes into your head when you think of the hell i'm a freaking stone So there you go there's the movie in a fucking nutshell yeah. you know like it's yeah, but... Um, but
1: even Octavia Spencer and stuff said that uh, she she regrets doing the help.
0: Yeah, I saw that recently, I think. Yeah, which is kind of And it's
1: like, not to say, she says, not the quality of the movie, etc. Mm. But I think that...
0: What her character was.
1: Like, uh, this movie reminds me, strangely enough, of uh, of uh, Hidden Figures, in a way. Oh, <gasps> I love that movie. Especially because of the, like, what you're saying, like, relationships mm. and also the... Female time. characters that have, yeah. like inner nearly, lives, yeah, yeah, and within each other. It's kind of the the weird thing that is like it, it feels almost that they have the time to develop the characters that the TV show usually does. Mm. That by the end of the movie, you think that the movie was longer than it was, yeah. and I have no idea how. And time and time again, Cirque does that with his characters and such, like. And I love how it, it's never perfect and it's complex and it's not. Don't get me wrong. I love Giant, mm. but Giant is uh, like a, a George uh, George Stevens movie. He, like he's a good melodramatic director, but it pales so much in comparison with uh, with Cirque because mm. Cirque. There's so many levels within his movies. You yes. know, like. Uh, Cakes. What Cakes. was your Cakes. least favorite thing?
0: Uh... Probably when she throws herself on the coffin. Yeah. It just felt like a little bit too much. You know, maybe if she just kind of like fell in the street and cried or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't, It was just the coffin. I don't know. That, yeah.
1: Oh, Especially like at that moment. Also, it breaks my heart. She shouts, she's my mother. Yeah. And it's like that thing of running out of time to say the things that you truly mean and what you regret. And then mm. It's like forever. It just kills me because... Uh, then she'll be the the thing that she'll forever remember is the goodbye that she had with
0: not all the good moments. Yeah, you know. yeah. Oh, it's so poignant. But yeah, the coffin. Uh, like, uh, uh, I, what, what's, I what's yours? Like, like, I
1: I don't think that there's anything wrong hmm. with this movie. I think it's one of those few like because anything that like like i said in the context of the movie being made in 1959 and the point also that he's trying not only to make a point but also to get normal audience members to come to see the movie mm. L- like like the same audience yeah. members L- that's Turner, before. Adam. Uh, so like it's beside the point if they said like oh yeah Juanita Moore should have been the main main character or like completely the main character the in the posters and everything else mm. it's like no because you sell it as a Lana Turner movie you see even People the posters go, or whatever and they leave and they still and they don't learn. quite
0: realize but they've learned yeah
1: and it's precisely like why the movie I think also is like so important because it was like such a big hit yeah. at the time and uh and
0: it cured racism no it we obviously <laughs> did it but like uh, i think that it's a it's
1: an interesting double bill with *Blank Klansman, like i think uh, oh. uh, to, uh, yeah. uh so. yeah
0: yeah like two movies made very much of, of their time yeah but yeah that's quite interesting actually i like that film
1: yeah yeah me too and uh yeah like i think although it's...
0: if i ever have to watch the sheriffsville Footage again without knowing that it's about to fucking happen because it happened to me in the fourth estate as well. Where they just drop it in there and you're like, Jesus, and at the end of the film again, Jesus. It's like, uh, if I ever have to see those fucking. Anyways, we am not getting into that.
1: But yeah, like uh, every, li- like uh, if there was any things that I'd nitpick, like it w- because it's so much of a house of cards of a movie, which is Don't weird. Don't say house of cards. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's really strange, like for a movie that is not plot heavy mm. to be this well constructed. they can't take out things without having like a deep repercussion throughout the movie and i think it's like this complexity that makes the movie amazing but also the fact that like if there was anything that i disliked which there isn't but even if there was like changing it would change the movie as a whole Mm. so i'd rather for that thing to stay in than to change the movie because then it'll be a different movie Mm. do you know what i mean yeah but like it's a very small nitpick that you made as well so like uh, i'm so glad that you liked this movie i was was dreading it like um
0: no i really did thank you i really enjoyed it it did brighten up my evening yesterday and then i watched twilight yeah it was a very good day (laughs) hope
1: that you yeah with the sun i uh, know
0: naturally same day uh yeah and like even earlier whenever i was like right about it and i just went blah, 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 and i was on the train i was just taping for like the whole train journey and then i went oh jesus it's pierce um at the same time i was like <clears throat> looking
1: forward to talking about it because like yeah. just like uh ah uh, i just love it like i just love it a bit
0: No, i just want to watch hidden Bookers.
1: Kevin Kastner. oh yeah
0: oh, everything about that
1: movie oh, <laughs> and then gosh. watch uh oh. Uh, I can't wait to fucking True Detective <gasps> oh my season God, three. Actually,
0: I never thought I would be excited about like fucking season three of that series, but actually, yes, I am. Um, where is he? Isn't he in the Ozarks or something as well? Or no, where is it? Yes, isn't it like it's? Because I was thinking about that because we were watching Ozark. Anyways,
1: the 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 other thing I I thought that Stephen just as a final point mm. that his performance uh uh reminded me of Lance Reddick, like as a the the walking penis. Wh- really. I think like th- that is always like fucking perfect posture, fuck of completely perfect posture. But also like this like modulated voice that also, is like
0: also also uh, shout out to my dad because he is also in John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> and he's great in that as well. Um, yeah, you're like the walking penis. <gasps> Uh, yeah so uh, <laughs> watch The Wire and uh, watch John Wick and also watch this movie in that order not in that order anyways <laughs> so uh, uh, thank you Ricardo I enjoyed it very much um, what,
1: what, happened this, <laughs> what happened to Alice, this what happened to Wallace
0: where can they find us Ricardo
1: they can find us uh, at the recommendation game no no the recommendation game on Facebook at the rec game on Twitter the recommendation game at gmail.com you can also find our uh, backlog of episodes on the Dublin Digital Radio Mix Cloud. Backlog, and, back catalogue. Yes, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, well, like uh, sometimes it's your backlog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you do everything. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, and then. Um, God damn right. And also, <laughs> you can catch us 11 to 12 every Monday on WDH Radio and on your podcaster of choice if you can leave us a review if you're using iTunes and stuff because that always helps. I think there's like a fucking algorithm shit. We yeah. actually should be saying this in the beginning of the fucking show, oh, but never mind.
0: I'm sure people listen this long. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Next week's movie is...
1: It's chosen by Orla, which is...
0: Force Majeure.
1: Ooh, I can't wait to i Major myself into Watching it. Greatness <laughs> I don't know
0: <laughs> Cool On that note I was Orla Magnus.
1: And I was Ricardo Deacon
0: Thanks for listening
1: See Gavna. you next week <laughs> Melodrama